0: if you're perfect, you so stay there. I think at all. If you have your phone out, you'll just put them on, so they're not going to ring. That would be a great the If you put them on vibrator or something. So, because I know we all use them for, for photography now. So, if you ever to step over here, my name is Kay, by the way, and I am a fountain of useless knowledge. So, if at any time you get tired of listening to me, I am not offended. Uh, we have an orientation this going to take about 20 minutes. So we always begin at the beginning, and the beginning is why Marceline's here. And Marceline is here because of the Santa Fe Railroad. In the late 1800s, the Santa Fe wanted to connect the West Coast with Chicago. We were the last of the leg of that expansion. They took a map to a straight line between Kansas City and Chicago and said, "We're going to build a town right there to service steam locomotives." So in 1888, we were founded. So if you went to work on the railroad, which everybody did, you go see this guy. His name was Mr. Zerker, and he was a Swiss watchmaker. Now, Mr. Zerker would sell you a pocket watch, and then he would set it by this very clock. This was the official Santa Fe timepiece for the entire Missouri division of the Santa Fe, which started here in Marceline and went on into Illinois. Now, after he sold you that pocket watch, set it by this clock, you were required to go back every 30 days to have your watch inspected. Nobody missed that appointment. Because if you didn't get a little slip of paper from Mr. Zerker saying you had your watch inspected, you did not get paid. That was before the days of radios. Everybody had to have the same time or things ran into each other, and that wasn't good. So the whole Disney connection to all of that is this building, which is still on our main street today, where this clock was for those 65 years. Now when Walt Disney designed Disneyland. How many people have been to the one in California? Great. That's my favorite one. He so said this building was his inspiration for Coke Corner, which is a favorite meeting place for people right on Main Street, USA. And we go, okay, what comes in it. Corner building, arched windows, but this one isn't nearly as Victorian as the one in California. A few years ago. The back of that building, which was added on in 1917, well after the Disney's left Marceline Firm. We cleared away the degree. We found the original 1906 drink Coke, five-cent sign painted on the wall. So as a little boy, Walt watched that sign being painted. So that's why it was his Coke corner. Uh-huh. Cool, huh? Now something very interesting happened this winter. We received a call from Coke corporate in Atlanta, and they said, we're sending a team up from Virginia to repaint your Coke sign. We go, great! And <laughs> they go, well, what it was for was it was, last year was the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. So what repainted the Coke wall in Walt's hometown was the gift from the CEO of Coca-Cola to the CEO of Disney in honor of Disneyland's 60th birthday. They repainted the Coke sign on the original Main Street, USA. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you want to step over here, please. It's not kind of to interesting how the Disney's got to Marceline. Walt Disney was actually born in Chicago, as was all of his family, except if you want to step over. Except for all of his family, except his oldest brother, who was born in Florida, not too far from where Disney World is today. Walt Disney was born in this house that his mother designed and his father built. Now, in Walt's family, there were his mom and dad, Elias and Flora. He had two much older brothers, Herbert and Raymond. Two years after Raymond was born, Roy was born. Eight years after Roy was born Walt was born, two years after Walt, his little sister Ruth. Big age span. Those two older boys had some friends in Chicago. Their dad wasn't very happy about. They were getting in a little bit of trouble. So he wanted to get his family out of the city. So he looked for a community that had good education, and good values, and he moved his family to Marceline, Missouri. Walt Disney was four and a half years old at his age. When he stepped off the train, right up there. And from the moment he stepped off that train, he said he knew there was something special. And then later he would say it was in Marceline he found that magic of his life. Now this is how Marceline looked when the Disney family moved here. And we're real casual here. You can't see move around so you can see Well, this is how Marceline looked when they moved here. You can see that the old ways were here. They're not going to be here much longer. Here's an automobile sharing the street with a team and a wagon. We're getting electricity. We're getting telephones. And for a little boy with a fertile imagination like Walt Disney, it's a great time to live someplace like Disneyland. Walt experienced all of his childhood first here. Attended his first school. Saw his first parade. Caught his first fish. Went swimming for the first time. And saw his first live stage performance. And it happened to be a traveling troupe from Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri, that of all plays for them to do, they did Peter Pan. Walt saw that for the first time here in Marsland. As so a role he the prize a little bit later that year at school, by enlisting the help of his older brother, Roy, to handle a block and tackle, so Walt could indeed fly into the audience, which he did, of course the road And he landed in the laps of a very surprised audience. Now, something else happened to Walt that first autumn here in Marceline that had a profound effect on him. Walt Disney's father had moved her to be a farmer. Never been a farmer before. So, luckily for him, the neighbors embraced them and helped him get through that first year. But Walt saw how, in the autumn, how all the neighbors came together during harvest, going from farm to farm to farm. And throughout Walt Disney's lifetime, he would talk about that first harvest. Here in Marceline, over and over to his staff, saying we need to be like the farmers in Marceline. We need to act as one for the good of all. Now, this is Walt, his mom, and his little sister Ruth. And it's thanks to Ruth, that we have the museum in Marceline today. Ruth Disney Beecher saw during her lifetime that the public went from knowing there was a real man named Walt Disney that had a real family who cared about him, to seeing him as more of a brand name, kind of like Nike. So she actually donated over 3,000 family artifacts to us to tell the story here, some of which you will see in exhibits here on the first floor. Now this was also a very special place to Walt. Walt Disney's father was a pretty tough taskmaster. He didn't think his youngest son should be daydreaming. He didn't think his youngest son should be drawing. So Walt would take the drawing materials that his aunt provided for him, he'd steal away, he'd go lie beneath the branches of this giant cottonwood tree, and this is where he very first started to draw. He'd lie on his stomach, he'd observe all of nature around him, and then he would sketch it. Now, even as an adult, and this is Walt and his brother Royal, one of their trips back, Walt would actually ask for time alone for kind of renewal underneath the branches of his tree. Now, how many of you have been to Disney World Florida? What's this? When the Disney Company did the Tree of Life, they sent Imagineers here to Marceline to spend time on the farm so the tree in Florida would have the same feeling for guests that Walt has a little boy here in Marceline. Now, when you leave here today, we're going to give you a map, we'll send you out to the farm. It's free, it's open to the public. But our tree doesn't look like this anymore. Our tree I by lightning. What? Like, let's do that together, okay? Aww, okay. But not knowing that was going to happen. A few years prior to that, American Forest destroyed a tree nursery in Jacksonville, Florida, came and collected a million and a half seeds off that tree. Again, not knowing that was going to happen, and one of Walt Disney's grandsons contacted us and said, I want to come back. I want to do something on the farm. It's all grandpa ever talked about. What do you want to do, Brad? let got to plant a tree. So American Forest sent us a sapling, broke from the seed from this tree. Mm-hmm. Brad came in from California, three Walt Disney World ambassadors came up from Florida, they brought soil from the hub of the Magic Kingdoms, they brought water from the rivers of America, and they planted sun son tree very close to the original. Wow. So when you go down to the and you see it growing very proudly, it's about 30 feet tall now. And in 2005, when Disneyland was 50 years old, they invited 40 people from Marceline to come out. We presented them a dreaming tree south from a seed from this very tree. And I'm really happy to say they planted them on Tom Sawyer's Island. It's another great Missouri connection, you know, right on down the road in Hannibal. And we got a call from Disney World two weeks ago and they go, How can we not have a tree? And we go, Well, so they're sending horticulturists up in two weeks. Actually, to take cuttings so they can propagate those in Florida. So, we'll have little trees everywhere. Uh Now, this is another adventure that Walt had here in Marcelina that was school. How many of you think he was a good student? You're right. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. was not. Yeah, come on over. Uh, and let's see, some of us were the right age. I think he was like young Paul McCartney. I can't say that to school groups because they don't know who that is here. But anyway, Walt, Walt remembered about his first grade teachers. Her name was Miss Brown. And all Miss Brown remembered about a young Walter Disney as he was terribly, terribly on that. Now, this is his older brother, Roy. Roy was eight years older than Walt. And Walter always said, you know, my older brother Roy always made sure I had a little extra spending money. So one day, Roy got to a job cleaning a horse-drawn purse here in Marshall So they walked into town, and Walt said, Roy worked hard cleaning the hearse all day, and I laid inside and pretended like I was dead. (laughs) Well, that was kind of a harbinger of things to come, because as we all know, Walt was the dreamer of the Disney company. Older brother Roy became the money man. He would go find those millions of dollars to make all Walt's dreams come true. So the family's living here, and you know, Walt sold his first art here. We had an old country doctor named Doc Sherwood, who had a very shiny bunny, and a prize more stallion. And when Walt wasn't doing chores, he was allowed to go on rounds with Doc. So one day, Doc said, "Walter, I want you to draw a picture of my horse." Which Walt did. He said, "You know that drawing wasn't so good, but Doc made me think it was tops." Walt was paid a quarter for that drawing. So he held that quarter so tight he walked on air all the way home. Later, his brother Roy would say of all the awards Walt Disney won throughout his life, that quarter meant more to him than any other award. So the families living here in Marceline is paradise for Walt, paradise for the rest of the family. Did you remember the two older brothers? They didn't want to move to a farm. They wanted to stay in Chicago. So they had been bribed to come here by being promised to share the profits when the harvest came. Well, the harvest came, and their dad goes, No. It's going for your reading boy. They weren't happy. They pretended to go to bed early one night, crawled out their bedroom window, ran away from home, and did not come back to Marsland. That left Walton Roy to help on the farm. Mr. Disney became very ill. He couldn't do the heavy lifting anymore, and they had to sell. And it was paradise lost for Walt. So the family moves to Kansas City. His father still can't work very much, but he buys a route on the Kansas City Star. a eleven and a half. 3 a.m. seven days a week delivers 30 pounds of newspapers every morning and every night, and all that money goes to support the family. Oh, do. I try to lift this. Okay. You want to carry that six miles a day, mm-hmm. every day, twice a day? Mm-hmm. No, it's heavy. And you think Walt worked hard? Yeah, he did. He worked pretty hard. <laughs> Anyways, I said all that money went to support the family. But undaunted, that little guy, he's eleven and a half, a little bit younger than you, does not get the second job that his dad doesn't know about. He gets a job sweeping out a candy store at noon. And with that money, he went to see some vaudeville shows. He even got his own little I amateur mean, app At the time he didn't know it, but he was honing his skills. And later he would be known as the best story man in Hollywood. And he went to see a silent film several times. He went to see Snow White and the Seven Wars. He noticed the audience was full of children. They would cheer and clap as the story was told. The audience was full of adults. They would watch with almost reverence as that story unfolded before them. Walt Disney knew at a really young age that adults could invest emotion in a fairy tale. Again, he served him well. So, families living in Kansas City, Walt suggested, if they go, no. We're back to Chicago. I bought stock in a jelly factory. Walt doesn't want to go. He has a job on the railroad that summer selling candy and pop to people on the train. But fall came and his mother said, he have got to go to school. Goes to Chicago, goes to school for a while, but World War I's going on. His older brother Roy is already in the Navy and all Walt wants to do is enlist. Put on a status hat, status down to the recruiter and the recruiter took one look at a skinny 15 year old and goes no, but if I said the Red Cross will take you at a young age he goes down, signs up for the Red Cross, thinking he's just going to write his parents a letter and go I'm in Europe He is underage, he needs a passport after much begging and pleading, finding his mother relinquished and at 16 years old, Walt is he driving a Red Cross, ambulance in France and the whistle <laughs> and they had to teach him how to drive. He didn't know how to drive. So Walt's in in World War I, and he decides to draw cartoons all over the outside of his ambulance. And the doughboys like it, and they go, Hey, if I pay you, will you do one for me? And he goes, Yeah, so he have a little business going. It's also there that he acted as chauffeur for military VIPs. That's where he met General John J. Pershing. General Pershing was general of all the armies in World War I, and he grew up 14 miles from here in La Clea, Missouri. I think it's amazing, those Lynn County, Missouri guys end up meeting in France, and they remained friends throughout General Pershing's life. It was also there, was, there was another young man in the same Red Cross unit as Walt Disney, fairly entrepreneurial, came back to the United States, opened a chain of restaurants called McDonald's.
1: Ray Cross and
0: Walt Disney were in the same Red Cross unit. Can you imagine <laughs> the energy that <Jesus>. was <laughs> happening there? Had be insane. War is over. Walt's still a teenager. He goes back to the United States. Got that cash. Goes to Kansas City. Opens a studio. Goes broke in a year. Takes the last $40. cardboard suitcase. Gets on the train. Goes to LA. Can't find work. Nobody will hire him. Goes to live with his uncle. Borrows money from his uncle. Sets up his first studio in California. His uncle's garage. Lots of ups, lots of down, goes broke, I cannot tell you how many times. And finally, success. And in those early years, all the while he's building his business, he's going from L.A. where he's living to New York where his business was at that time, and he's coming through here on the train. And his wife, Lenny said, it got to be embarrassing. Because when the passenger train was stopped right out there, he goes to the railroad cars, waking people up going, that's my hometown, <laughs> that's <laughs> my hometown. So in 1946, Walt makes an unscheduled visit back here, and a lot of people that live here still remember that visit, and he had an odd-looking camera with him, which turned out to be a movie camera, and what he was doing is refreshing his memory of Marceline for something he was thinking of doing. In 1955, Walt Disney does two things that tie him to Marceline forever. did a little movie called Lady of the Trent. Everybody racing that? Based on his time here in Marceline. And if you're lucky enough to have the 50-year anniversary edition of Lady and the Tramp, the whole second DVD under Lady's pedigree talks about the importance Marceline played in the making of that movie. Mm-hmm. And he opened a little place in Col- Calcone, you guys know it, 1955. It's Disneyland. Think a little more than that. That's Okay. Now when he announced he was going to open that park, practically every newspaper in the nation had the headlines, Disney's folly. He's wasting his money. No one will ever go. Proved him wrong. And he used his memories of Marceline for Main Street, USA. Now even today, if you go to Disneyland, you will find the Hotel Marceline right on Main Street, USA. If you go by the theater, the mannequin and the ticket booth, her name tag reads Billy, Marceline, Missouri. If you want to buy candy at downtown Disney, you buy it at Marceline's Confectionaire. And how many of you have been on the Haunted Mansion ride? Okay. You're standing in the queue line. Right before you get on the attraction, you remember what's sitting right there? It's a horse-drawn hearse. Again, a little tip of the hat to Walt's Marceline story. So you guys know how Disney people love inside information. The next time you're standing in that queue line, you can regale them with your vast knowledge of why that hearse is there, and they will love you forever. (laughs) So Walt had been a little busy in 1936. In 1956, we decided to build a public swimming pool here in Marseille which was pretty darn progressive for a little town of 3,000 in the middle of the 1950s to have a public swimming pool. Pass the on, start building the pool, and they go, "What are we going to name it?" Let's write Walt Disney a letter and see if it'd be okay if we named it Walt Disney Swimming Pool and Park. Just hoping he'd say, "Go ahead." First letter back, he was thrilled. Next letter back, well, we could have a dedication. We sure could. Well, he sure would like to come, and Roy would like to come, and they'd like to bring their wives. So in 1956, the Disney boys are here again. Now, this is Walt and Roy on Main Street with our mayor, Jack Grant. And it was like Walt was retracing his childhood footsteps. He wanted to drive a team of good old Missouri Mules. So we contacted this gentleman named Frank Van Tiger, who we knew had a team in a wagon. And he goes, sure, I'll take them a ride. I'm their father. Stranger than truth, Frank as a young man had delivered the fence post to Walt's father in that very Peter shoe way. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go back up to Yellow Creek where he caught his first fish. Now imagine if you are this little boy, car pulls up, guy gets up, it's Walt Disney, and he goes, Hey buddy, can I borrow your pole? Well, the film we have in this is hysterical because Walt Disney, ever the showman, is trying to make that little dead catfish look like it's about ready to jump off the hook at any given moment. He was so generous, he spent hours signing autographs, paper plates, napkins, it didn't matter. And he did something very special for the children of Marceline on that visit. He had just finished a full-length feature film based on a true Civil War story called The Great Locomotive Chase, which starred My Generation's Davy Crockett, Starfest Parker, he held the Midwest premiere here in Marceline at the Uptown Theater. Now, when he took the stage, the children of Marceline sang the Mickey Mouse Club song to him, but they had to teach it to them first because we didn't get the television show yet here. But, Walt well, looked at the audience that day, and he said, You know, you children are lucky to live in Marceline. My best memories are the years I spent here. His hand on sick, pointed to the clock, said time for the show and they showed the movie for 24 hours straight so everybody could see it. And I know this because that's the back of my head, right there. Uh-huh. I was eight years old and I was there that day. And today, none of us will ever forget because when we walked into the theater, Walt and Roy Disney shook each of our hands as we came into the theater. Okay, get cozy, couple photos here, I This is the first plunge in the pool. You can imagine every boy in Marceline wanted to be the first person in that swimming pool. Now, most of these guys still live here, and to this day, they argue about who the first person in the pool was, and they, no one will concede they weren't the first person in the pool. And this is a beauty contest that Walton Roy Disney Judge. Those lovely young ladies are now in their 80s, and three of them volunteer here at the museum. Now, when I work with Gloria, the cute little dark-headed one back here, I always say, Gloria, tell them what you are, and she goes... I wore a one-piece black swimsuit and three-inch high-red heels. I mean, scandalous from 1956. <laughs> so it really was on that visit I got to meet Walt Disney because my parents had just built a brand-new ranch-style air-conditioned house, and not everything was air-conditioned in 1956. So the Disney's were coming in July, and our hotel was kind of run down, and it didn't have air-conditioning. So one night a city councilman, they said to my father, how about the Disney stay with you? Well, I asked my mother, my father said, sure. They're a young couple. They spent every cent they had on this brand new ranch-style air-conditioned house, and the furniture was all hand-me-down. Got closer to the time for the Disneys to come. And my mother said to her friends, I don't think I can do this. It's the Disneys, and my furniture is junk. And they said, oh, no, you have to have them because you have the air-conditioning. Said, don't worry about it, we'll move your junk out, we'll move our better stuff in, and that's what they did. So it took the whole town to get ready for the Disneys, but it was totally unnecessary, because they wouldn't have cared what kind of furniture anybody had. It was also awesome on this visit that Walt and my dad were sitting in our family room. Walt looked at my dad and said, you don't know, my go-ahead home My dad said, yes, I do. And Walt said, you can buy it cheaper than I can, go buy it. Walt Disney was such a visionary. He said, there'll come a time when a child will not know what an acre of land is. The time will come when a child will not know what happens when you put a seed in the ground. So his idea was to have a 1900s working farm here in Marceline with Disney educational values, so they started buying the land here in Marceline. Now, when Walt was here in 1956, he was really famous. He just opened Disneyland, he made all the movies, he was on television, and we thought, we need security. So, you know, we have the highway patrol here, and Walt goes, oh, wait, oh, wait, I'm home, I'm home. And this is how accessible Walt always was. Uh, That's the back of the house where I grew up, and that's Walt in our garage. And these little boys lived next door to us. And this was at 7 a.m. in the morning when the pool was gonna open at 7 p.m. that night. They already had their inner tubes on. And they're going, Mr. Disney, when are you gonna open that pool? But that's just how accessible Walt was. He was always one of us. So the plans for what Walt wanted to do here were moving along, land had been purchased, feasibility studies had been done, And we decide we need an elementary school. So again, we pass the bond. We start building the school, and Walt finds out about it, and he goes, How about naming it Walt Disney Elementary? And we go, Great idea, Walt. You know, so Walt, being Walt, came up with his own ideas. He had specially designed playground equipment down for the school. We had Mickey Mouse swings and Donald Duck teeter-totters. Each classroom got state-of-the-art audio-visual equipment and a brand new set of encyclopedia Britannica's which back in the day was huge if each classroom had their own set of encyclopedias. He had interior the school designed with one of the kind Disney murals, which are all still there today. And at the dedication of the school, he says, you know, I'm not a funny guy. I'm just a farm boy from Marceline who hides behind a mouse and a duck. <laughs> now, he also gave us two very beautiful flags. If you want to step over this way, towards me, and to look up. That's flag actually flew over Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland. And he also gave us a Mickey flag, you can see he him presenting right here. Now, when you think of Mickey, what colors come to mind? Anybody? Red, 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 red Step around, look okay. up. Our flag is orange. During Walt Disney's lifetime, the only other place that orange Mickey flag was allowed to fly was over Walt Disney's apartment at Disneyland. Again, he wanted things special and he wanted them here in commercially. Now, it also gave us a flagpole. Flagpoles are not terribly exciting, unless they had been an Olympic flagpole. Well, Disney had been head of pageantry at the School Valley Olympics in California. He had one of these flagpoles shipped back here, permanently installed at in our school, and it's still the flagpole that we use at our school today. Now, he also wanted to go back to Park School where he'd been a student. He remembered exactly where his classroom was. Walked right up to his classroom, sucked in his stomach, slid to his desk, turned right around and said, I remember curving my initials once, but I forgot I carved them twice. Don't you ever do that, okay? <laughs> his initials are right here. Now this desk gets around. It's been at Disneyland, Disney World, and at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. And how many of you saw a one man's dream? Uh where it was a Disneyland? Okay. We love that exhibit, but it was only to be open one year in 2001 to commemorate the 100th anniversary of Walt's birth. So we lent them our desk. Well, as you know, it just closed this past season. So about seven years ago, we go need our desk back. <laughs> and so what we saw in Florida was a replica of this desk. So the plans for what Walt was going to do here in Marceline were moving along. How many people remember Governor Hurst of Missouri? Anyway, he putting the four-lane highway into Marceline. Things were happening fast, and Walt and Roy decided to do something that had never been done before, nor has it been done since. Now, you guys step in here, please? Oh. Walt and Roy took a ride out of Disneyland and shipped it here to Marceline to be installed and operated here in Marceline. And it was these little cars that ran on a track. Now, the dedication of this ride was in July of 1966, and, of course, Walt planned on being here. A few days before the dedication, we received word from Walt he just returned from London, and you have to think the same time frame that Walt was working on the Marceline Project is when he was doing Mary Poppins. So Walt had just returned from London. He said he had a terrible cold. He couldn't seem to shake it, and the doctor wouldn't let him travel. It wasn't a cold. It was cancer. And Walt was gone by that December. There were three Disney projects in the works at that time, one in Northern California called the Mineral King Project, the project here in Marceline, and Walt was doing the project here in Marceline not through the Disney company, but through his own private company, which is called Retlaw, which is Walter spelled backwards, and a little place a lot of you have been to in Florida. So Walt made his brother Roy promise to come out of retirement to finish the Florida project, which he did. And after Roy opened the park there, he contacted us and he said, you know, I'm not in very good health myself. I'm overwhelmed with Walt's passing. We're not going to do the project in Northern California, and we're not going to do the project in Marceline. So Walt's dream for Marceline didn't happen. But we think it's very telling that we were never very far from his mind. When the Disney company started doing live-action films, almost every live-action film they did has a reference to Marceline in it. The very first one they produced, which is titled So Dear to My Heart, actually has 22 references to Marceline in that one movie alone. And the director said when he showed Walt the rough cut of the movie that Walt wept openly. And he said, "Why, that's just so life. My brother and I lived on the farm in Marceline. So he never, ever us. Does anybody have any questions so far? Okay, there are four more galleries here on the first floor. There's a little section about each family member. There's a theater at the end where we show Walt, the man behind the myth, which was created in 2001 by the Disney family. I would encourage you to go upstairs. This is our 15th anniversary, and we have all new second floor gallery exhibits. So I would encourage you to go up there as well. So if you want to come this way, I'll get you started on on the rest of the tour.